Hi, this is Chris McGowan, a.k.a. Chris. This is Chris Watches Pretty Little Liars, Season 2. A little late to the start, but hey, New Year, new... I don't know. I still plan on doing my Season 1 Year in Review with my panel. Don't worry, everybody, just some holiday travel and other December stuff that, that made it a little tricky. But it's going to happen. Don't worry. I do want to add that I plan on doing Season 2 and Season 3 back-to-back. That'll be a year's worth of content right there. That's 44 episodes of uh, this nonsense. So expect bigger and better things uh, coming here in Season 2, both of the show and this podcast. Last thing I'll add is that there might be additional Chris Watches um, series coming out. I'm doing an MCU rewatch. I might do other little little one-offs here and there, so stay tuned for that. If you like this, you might like those better. Or maybe you like this the best. I don't know. This is the first one, so who knows. Anyway, I've talked way too much. Let's just get into it. I'm not even sure what to preamble this uh, Season 2 premiere, but let's just talk about Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars, so he can help you figure out who's a... So here we are, Pretty Little Liars, Season 2, Episode 1, entitled It's Alive, which is a lot, a lot like myself. I am alive. Anyway, we get a pretty thorough previously on. We see a little recap of the videos, all these videos that they found in that random warehouse somewhere. They assume Ian was the one who did all this. Maybe a little Toby Jenna recap of that video, which comes up again and again, uh, as you'll see this episode. We get a little Garrett undercover Jenna smooch again, just to remind us that the two of them are, are romantically linked, if not outright working together, whatever that means. We get another recap of Jackie Molina and Fitz. Uh, we get the Caleb note, the whole thing with the note, and, you know, Timona, Mona tearing it up. Uh, we get the recap that Emily is moving, so I guess Emily's going to be leaving the show, right? A little Spencer Toby coupling uh, recap, just. I guess just to help us remember that, we get a little recap of the Ian showdown, how he and Spencer were fighting. And I noticed one thing in the recap I missed. I think I missed it when I first saw the season finale. They're fighting, and he and Spencer goes into this weird little bell pit, right? She's hanging on to Ian, and he says to her, let go of me. I don't know. That's a weird thing to say when you're trying to kill somebody. Isn't that weird? I don't know. I thought that was really strange. And then the man in black, the hooded figure, attacks him, and he goes under... We get the visage of him caught up in those ropes again, and then he's gone. And then we get the recap of the message from A to the four of them, sleep tight. And we start right where we left off. So we're still in the first year of their schooling. This is literally right after that. They're certain Ian is dead, and we're going to get that throughout this entire episode. They are certain that he died. Uh, I wrote in my notes, Ian's totally alive, which I may even still be wrong, but we'll see. The man in, well, the person in black is watching. I was going to say the man in black, but I have a theory about the person in black. I'm hoping by the end of the season we'll find out who that is, if not sooner. My guess is it might be Allison, but more on that. Garrett is going to drive them to the station, and then he takes a weird turn. He says, get out of the car. And basically he says, you know, they're, they're not safe. The police can't know you were blackmailing Ian and that I helped, and that they need to hide the cash. Basically the entire thing that when Emily called Garrett over to help with all that, he is saying, don't tell, tell us to police, um, including the existence of the videos. Now, we know, since Garrett and Jenna are together, that this is his way to keep the video out of the police custody. So his reasoning, his real reasons before that, for that are not as altruistic as it might seem. But I'm not entirely sure we should hate Garrett, although Jenna is also 
I believe, high school age, and he is uh, an adult, so we have that going for us. Garrett does say, I hate asking you to lie, which is, you know, you live in this town, that's what that's what you do. But they decide, they, they tell Garrett they're not going to reveal the video's existence. And then Jenna is strangely nearby. I don't know, I'm not sure why Jenna's there, but she is. We just skip over the police part of it. We don't even see what they say to the individual officers, but we get to we get a little slumber party happening, and they kind of revisit a question that I had all during season one. What will A ask for? What is A looking for? Like what, what's, what's the whole point of all this? We go over the person in the black hoodie again, uh, and Emily finally brings this up, which I think happened a little bit the first season, but she says to the, the other three, we should tell someone about A, period, end of story. There's very few people who know outside of their circle. A has texted other people, though, I believe. But as far as the four of them are concerned, they haven't really talked to anyone else about A. And Emily's like, should we, should we ask somebody? And, but they're all still afraid of A. And then there's something about um, Arya better at making coffee than Spencer, which I'm not quite sure. Well, that's just a thing. And then they all go downstairs, and they were, I guess they were crashing at Spencer's house. And we have a big cast call. All the people who play the parents are there in Spencer's home. Veronica is Spencer's mom name, so it's, so we have that now for our internal database. I have to say, as someone who watched the entirety of season one, I could not fathom a situation where the parents could act worse than they did in the first season of the show. And I got to tell you, this episode blew me away. Spencer's like, Ian killed Allison and tried to kill me. And I don't think any of the parents believe her or them. I, I wrote in my notes, do the parents not believe them? I couldn't believe what I was seeing. They do bring up a kind of valid point where they want them kind of all to see a grief counselor, although Veronica's intentions is to garner public support, which is a little strange. That being said, Veronica does not believe her flat out. Spencer's mother does not believe Spencer's version of events. I I wrote unreal. I was I was so mad. Your daughter was almost killed and yet you don't believe that it's your potential son-in-law. Have these people not watched Dateline, or like, do they not believe this to be true? For what reason? I that that I just don't understand. I did laugh though when knock 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 on the door. Toby shows up. Horrible timing. Probably his worst timing ever. He's not really the best with coming and going. This is by far the worst. Dad's real asshole to him. Says stay away. (laughs) I could not understand what's going on. A a truly baffling scene. The parents are are really not great people uh, as a whole. Cut to Garrett and Jenna. They're outside. What I infer to be uh, the De Laurentiis' home, uh, because I think it's Garrett that says, why would Jason move back in? So I'm assuming that's Jason, Allison's older brother, and he's moving back into the home, which I believe was Maya and her parents, right? Did they leave town? I thought Maya was sent away, but I didn't think the parents were, but maybe they left. I don't know. Anyway, Jason's moving back in. Uh, we get his silhouette, because I'm assuming he wasn't on the schedule for this episode, but I'm sure we'll see him later this season. And he starts to say, maybe they're looking for dot, dot, dot. And Jenna says the Jason thing. So clearly we had season one, the Jenna thing. Now we have season two, the Jason thing. Cannot wait to find out what the Jason thing is. I was trying to think of the uh, couple name for them. How do you all feel about Garena or Generit? Uh, we cut to school, Marn, Arya, talk about the, the thing with the, the fight they kind of had. And kind of the substance of the conversation was basically move in or move out. Arya's mom had her foot in both places. And mom says she's moving back in. Arya says, are you doing this for me or doing this for yourself? And Arya's mom is honest with her. She says, look, part of it is because I want to be there to help you, but also I'm doing it for myself. And then they walk into the classroom, which I guess is Fitz's classroom. And I heard one bit of random dialogue, no body, no crime, really kind of weird. And then on the chalkboard, chalkboard check, we had the words L underscore AR underscore question mark, which I guess is liars, I guess. 
Uh, Fitz comes in, he sees it. Another thing's on chalkboard. Hemingway essay due prep test Friday. After some chit chat, I guess I guess everyone in school thinks that they're lying about Ian, which is I don't know, such a weird. It's so weird to me. Ian's gone. He's kind of a creepy dude in general. I understand a larger societal point being made here that we tend to not believe women, but I don't know what their alternative version of the story is. Noel's back. Noel Khan walks in, gives some smart-ass comment, and there's a there's a off-camera voice, a clearly an adult, an adult male, probably the uh, editor on the on the episode. So suspension over, something like that. But Noel Khan is back. I think the show wants to think he's the person in the hoodie. I just don't. I don't see why he would do that for any reason. I guess there's uh, rumors about Ian and Spencer having an affair, which unfortunately we do know as the audience that's true. That's not why they're saying it though. Hannah kind of uh, overhears it. Then Mona kind of tells them the tells the gossipers to shut up. She kind of bullies them in the way that she does. And they're both kind of talk about trying to get back to how things used to be. Spencer and Arya talk a little bit more about Noel. And then Fitz says to uh, Arya, hey, let's have a chat. I guess they haven't been really talking since uh, his ex showed up at the faculty party at the end of last season. And he says, are you okay? Like, he genuinely does want to be sure she's okay after all that happened. In the background, chalkboard check, Fiedler believes Hemingway. I don't know. And then he invites her to come over later. And he's like, are we done? And she says, things are just different. And he says, I'm still in love with you. And at this point, I, we've did this, we've done this dance many times in season one. So I know this is a foolish thing for me to do and or say, but they're broken up again. Over. It looks like they might be finally done. Spencer knocks on Toby's door. Jenna, of course, answers and tells her to get fucked. Tells her to get out of there. And so Spencer leaves. Emily is uh, watching the Toby and Jenna video again. That was a little interesting. I don't know why she was, but she was. And then uh, first season two of Who the Fuck is This Guy? Mr. Mendez, the realtor, comes in. Boy, what an asshole. Ba- walks into her room. I mean, he, he does he knock? I don't even know if he knocks. He just walks in, says, put photos away, paint over all your shit. Have you considered about leasing a furnished home? Like, a, re- a real son of a bitch. And uh, he's really off-putting. Maybe he's a... So uh, we cut back to Spencer's house. And Melissa's on the couch crying. And Garrett uh, Garrett on the cover is kind of talking with them. And they're saying they're going to do everything they can to find him. They found Melissa's phone. I, 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 you know, during the scene, I said to myself, what did, they, what did they think happened? And Spencer, once again, kind of says to her parents, you don't think, she's like, Ian's dead. He tried to kill me. And they're like, hmm, I don't know. R- really wild, really wild to me. But they, I guess they all decided to do go to therapy because we get our first, I don't know if it's going to be the last, but we'd have all four of our liars in with our therapist. Ann Sullivan, I believe is her name. <laughs> Hannah comes in super late, has all these bags. And I guess they were waiting for her, so they weren't going to start without Hannah, so that was kind of awkward. Cut to Lucas and Caleb rolling up. I guess they crashed overnight somewhere on their way back. And and uh, Lucas is like, don't do this. Whatever you did to Hannah, don't do it again. Caleb, Caleb's like, 10-4. I guess there's narrative purpose to that scene, but it also is a little bell ringing for those of us who are trying to figure out who A is, or at least, I guess, we're even not worried about A. Now we're worried about the person in black. Don't think they're the same person. Not Caleb and Lucas. If we're looking at this like an investigator, they were out of town. They There are each other's alibis. Granted, it could all be a uh, unreliable narrator, right? It could not be that they didn't stay at a hotel, but, but they were out of town. So they are clear from at least some A stuff, as well as person in black. We cut back to therapy session, and the therapist is like, so what's going on? Well, you know, how do you all meet? And they, and they kind of recap for us. Again, what happened in season one that we got to learn about, that Allison kind of made the group. She was kind of the glue. So then therapist is like, are you all still close? And that 
you know, they say, well, we kind of lost touch when Allison went missing. And then they kind of reconnected when they found Allie. And the therapist digs a little bit more. And they're like, say, we're looking for answers. And I said to myself, will they tell her about A? We don't know. They all, a few of them get a text and we, you know, we as the audience jump with them. But no, it wasn't A. It was just random text that they got from other people. As they exit the therapist office, Toby's waiting for Spencer. Uh, but nope, that's a fake out. A lot of fake outs this episode. He's actually helping Jenna into her car. They're, they're off on some errand in town as well. And then a true sign of the times, they look at the paper in the little paper uh, dispensary there. They see the headline, Ian. So here's the newspaper's take on what happened. The newspaper says their theory, I guess they do this in the newspaper, their theory is that Ian left town, withdrew $10,000, which is, I guess, what the police have been tracking. They did find his car, and the four know something about him. That's why, I don't know, they made up a story? Uh, I really don't understand the alternate uh, theory as to what happened. I mean, I know I was, I know I saw it. I know I'm a, I'm a viewer here. I just don't know what your alternative theory is as to what occurred that makes any sense. So I, the reason I say all this is that I think someone, whether it's a or Ian's family or or somebody, is actively pushing this ridiculous narrative that doesn't make any sense. Uh, they all get a text from A. I spy a liar, which is interesting. I because when I first saw this. I, I guess you're supposed to interpret it as A is watching them. My first interpretation was A is watching them and commenting on the newspaper article they're reading, meaning they spy a, a spies a liar in the newspaper uh, journalist, which I should have wrote down the name of the journalist. Maybe we will see them later, maybe not. But that was my interpretation of that note, of the text. Anyway, Cut back to Hannah's house. Caleb has shown up, chatting with mom. We know mom is a big fan of Caleb now. I don't know how that happened, but Ashley does uh, peace out. And uh, it's Caleb and Ham- Hannah having a chat. And I do appreciate the show having a kind of a realistic uh, approach to this. I think it'd be very easy here for there, this to be a very, you know, touchy-feely kind of scene. And Caleb apologizing and Hannah accepting it. And we kind of pick up where they left off when things were good. Uh, but Hannah says, you know, don't look at me like that. And he says, I wrote two a letter. And, and, you know, it said I was sorry. Uh, there's a beautiful soundtrack underneath this entire scene, by the way. He says he gave the note to Mona, the whole thing about Mona. So Mona's been busted. But yeah, like I said, it's kind of a realistic reaction. Hannah says, which is pretty much, which is very true. It doesn't change what you did. And not that I don't think Caleb deserves a, a second chance. I don't I don't even know if that's appropriate in the situation. But she's 100% right. It, no matter what he does from this point forward, note, Mona, Lucas driving him back, you know, emotions they have. The truth is he did initially spy on her, uh, you know, f- with Jenna. I mean, Jenna hired him. So that is always going to be a thing that exists between them. So maybe if he does something pretty grand, like if he helps crack this case, uh, I think that would be probably go a long way toward uh, forgiveness. But he does say, can I make it up to you? And he says, I love you. And then he's like, you know, you should go. And Caleb says, I believe a second time. Goodbye, Hannah. And Caleb leaves again. I wrote him my notes. So he came back to town and I don't know what he was expecting, but that was not, I think, what he was expecting. Mona is in the restaurant. I believe the uh, infamous restaurant of the of the town. Hannah kind of just walks in and confronts Mona straight up and says, uh, I heard you threw away a letter that Caleb wrote to me. What, what the F? And Mona says, sorry, I screwed up. And then Hannah says, you know what? Caleb hurt me, but this hurts more, which, Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty heavy. And then <laughs> Noel Khan strolls in, completely ignoring Hannah even being there, kisses Mona on the mouth and goes, 
what's everyone what's everyone not mad about and hannah hannah takes off mona's upset so the noel mona connection which i talked about in season one not to toot my own horn is a real thing they've been connected so whether she does seem very upset though in the moment and i think if she were devious and and, and conniving and like behind all this you know the a conglomerate she may not have that reaction then again she may have that reaction because she's trying to save hannah from her wrath either way noel mona is a thing they have been in touch and in contact so there you go we cut to spencer's room and melissa walks in you know earlier this episode we saw melissa very upset and very angry with spencer and spencer's like you know what i gotta go and melissa kind of stops her and i wrote my notes melissa's changing tactics here now this very sweet gentle approach tells spencer the baby name that melissa and ian picked out which is taylor and then melissa's like i saw the news article i don't think that's true she just wants to know what happened i i don't know i don't know something was really weird about this scene She's been at Spencer's throat the entirety of season one and then on a dime flips. Now, does she, I don't know. I don't know. It's very strange, but even Spencer's like, huh, what's going on here? Toby and Emily, uh, Toby's at Emily's. So Spencer was going to meet up with Emily to see Toby secretly because Toby's been banned, uh, but she can't go now. So it's Toby and Emily just hanging out and he says he can remove part of the wall that has uh, Emily's little height marks on there because uh, you know Mr. Mendez wants to rip that shit up. It's kind of a sweet scene. Emily and Toby are, are pretty good friends, and they're kind of there for each other, which is uh, was kind of my hope for them in the first season. So knowing the show, there's going to be some ups and downs there. But uh, but yeah, that was nice. Uh, a shirtless Fitz opens the door, and we cut to Arya, and they kind of had more, another, I guess they're not done. Arya's like, no one believes us, and Fitz is like, I believe you, I believe you. And she's like, ah, things have changed between us. And she says, why didn't you end things, or, or why did Jackie end your relationship? And Fitz says something kind of, like she wasn't ready or something along those lines, I guess, because he, I guess they're going to get married and she would turn out not to be really be ready. And then she asks him a, a question. I go back to my season one guest. I believe it was Trina. I think a few of my guests have mentioned this to me. This is a high school relationship. So I need to keep that in mind. I need to keep that in mind when, when these things happen. But she says to him, were you still in love with her when we met? Now, how is that a fair question to ask somebody? Even if he says yes, that has nothing to do with them now. But of course, he says, doesn't say anything. And then she <laughs> she gets upset. Well, she doesn't get ver- she doesn't get visibly upset. You can tell Fitz is kind of floundering because he doesn't want to lie to her. But she can tell that that's probably a yes. And they talk about how great Saturday is. You know, that, you know Fitz is like, we get to hang out all day. And she's like, I got to go. So that's her way, I guess, of saying, you're in the doghouse, Fitz? I don't, I don't really know. But um and then A sends her a very confusing message. Again, you know, Ace has some real home runs. This one was a little bit like a, an escape room puzzle. Because it said, look familiar, what is missing? And it's this shot of an office. It didn't even look like Fitz's desk, but I guess it is. Uh, it was really hard to see, to be honest. So I don't know if that means this person was in the apartment, or if it's like a hidden camera, or what the angle here is. But it's, it's an office, and there we go. Cut to the four liars having another chat. We get a little recap of A's violence from season one, you know, hitting Hannah with the car, uh, the stuff with Ian. Any Anytime A's been violent and they're like, should we tell the therapist? I was asking myself, why do they trust the therapist? Why do they trust uh, this person they just met? If they haven't trusted so many other people so far, I don't know. Uh, cut to the therapist. They're like, is this confidential? She's like, yeah, you can tell us anything. And they're kind of looking at each other like, should we tell the therapist about A? And I believe it's Spencer who spots it, but there's a diploma in... The therapist office that is Ezra Fitz's diploma. 
again, super confused. I thought, wait, is, is this the therapist? Is the therapist dating Fitz or does she know Fitz? No, I guess it's a very, very convoluted way for A, to tell them that they were not only in Ezra's apartment, but they stole his diploma and put it in her therapist's office. Uh, Dr. Ann Sullivan is, is the therapist's name. And then they all say, oh, yeah, we got to go. We can't talk about anything anymore. And they run out and the therapist is very confused. So I don't know how they figured all that out. It's quite a it's quite a leap of of logic. There's so many other explanations. Now we the viewer know someone did find the spare key, which Arya at some point does look underneath the mat, and that key is gone, as we know. But we're saying A took the diploma, took a photo, sent it to Arya. You know, a few days after, or at some point, and then held on to the diploma, like banked it. Like, how would they have gotten to the therapist that quickly? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure this is an A thing. I know the show is saying this is an A thing, but at, at any rate, no matter how they got there, I don't think that they should trust this therapist they just met. So I think it's a good choice for them to hold off, at least temporarily. Cut to Arya's parents are kind of coming home, and they just got off the phone with the therapist, and the therapist told Arya's parents, and they agree apparently, that, that, that Arya should not see her other three friends for a while. They recommend the four break up. And then we kind of have a little montage. It looks like all the other parents agree. You can see Hannah's mad at her mom. Spencer just looks sad. But I mean, Spencer's house is really rough now anyway. And we can tell that Pam told something to Emily. And then cut to Spencer's house. Uh, she's kind of hanging around in the living room. And she hears and sees something from outside, like something in the bushes. So she runs and locks all the doors. But she doesn't get to one door. And I wrote Toby. Toby walks in there. I get it. Toby's banned, so he's trying to be sneaky about it. But what did we say, guys? Guys on this show, what did we say? Stop scaring the, uh, the ladies like this. Like, look, like, text. I mean, you have a phone, right? Or, or, or like, wave or do something. He ran in there and scared the hell out of her. Uh, but it is Toby, so we're cool. Uh, Anne leaves her office for the night. Creepy. She senses someone following her. Then they disappear. And I wrote him a note's ghost. Are you finally introducing ghosts in the show? Turns out it is someone who looks like they are wearing the outfit of the person who was watching the cop, the cop car leave at the beginning. We are to assume this is also the person that pushed Ian into the bell tower of doom. Um, I don't know if this is also the person who co-checked their, their coat and gloves at the, at the dance uh from, from season one apparently this person has a little superhero outfit so this is what this is what they're doing i don't know what they're doing trailing her but they did so spencer's back at her place uh locking all the doors she finds melissa's phone and there's a text that comes in and says melissa i'm sorry but it's not safe yet i not safe yet i can't tell you she sends a sos to the four they uh they all kind of sneak out and they meet in some i don't know looks like a greenhouse or something i don't know where they're meeting but it's the four of them in the middle of the night Spencer shares this message with everybody, and she assumes, of course, this is Ian, right? Like, well, how how can we know it's really Ian? And so Spencer replies to this text message, how do I know it's you? And then the reply is, ask me anything, AMA. So the sequence of events here are very important. So we've heard the name Taylor out loud twice. Melissa tells her sister they're going to name the baby Taylor, right? Right here, right now in the, in the greenhouse, Spencer says out loud, the baby, the name of the baby is Taylor going to be Taylor. So Spencer replies, what's the name of our baby? And the response is Taylor. So, so they all assume Taylor. It's, this has got to be Ian's alive. Ian's alive, right? Uh, let, uh, I'm going to come, come back to that really quickly, but just to wrap up the episode, we then get our little post credits or our little uh, last shot. Mr. Mendez is showing someone the home and I don't know when this is. 
It's not unclear when this is. I don't know if this is earlier in the day or at what point this is happening because the scene we just saw was them in the middle of the night. So I don't know when this took place, but glove person is deleting the the drive uh, that Emily had. They had all the videos. Now, Garrett knows, as the four of them do, that they made a copy. Is that true? I hope so. So Emily's version has been destroyed, but we know that a copy has been made. So this one, so I guess we can assume glove person has not talked to Garrett or knows who Garrett is. Now, I guess it could be Garrett. I guess it could be Garrett undercover doing a tour of uh, of Emily's home, right? Although he wouldn't have to do that. I mean, he knows Emily so well, he could just walk in. So theory number one for today's episode is that glove person, the person that pushed Ian into the bell tower of doom, who's stalking the therapist, you know, I guess checks her coat at the dance, is not in league with the Garrett-Jenna team. Because Garrett can walk in and do that anytime he wants. This is somebody separate. Number two, this whole thing with Ian's, you know, I don't think Ian is dead, number one. But I also don't think Melissa's being truthful at all in any way. Here's the sequence of events. Melissa completely changes her attitude and tells Spencer the name of the baby is Taylor. What better way to freak out Spencer than to then happen to leave your phone in the main room and once you're down there, text comes in. Now, would Melissa have planned in advance that that would be the question that she would ask? I guess it's not necessarily uh, tried and true, but that's the one question that she asks. And since they've already planned that ahead of time, you can use that name. Now, whether that's really the name or not, I don't even know if it matters, but mm, that's very convoluted. What am I trying to say here? I don't know what the, what the, um, here's what I think happened in the bell tower. Ian fell down the bell tower of doom. Person pushed them in there, right? That person didn't leave. So Spencer runs out, please show up. They actually take Ian out of it. Like, let's say, for instance, the person who wears the gloves, uh, the superhero, and Ian are working together. Let's just say, for instance, they are working together. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that is Allison. We know that they were together, so she doesn't want to necessarily see him be caught in the Bell Tower of Doom, but doesn't want Spencer, she doesn't want Spencer, you know, being hurt either. So that all just kind of all happened. So she actually rescued Ian, and they're kind of laying low until they figure out what they're going to do. This whole thing with the texts and, like, with Melissa, I don't really understand it, but I don't think he's dead anyway. I just think it's, I think it's a setup. I think Melissa and Ian are working together, and somehow she's trying to get her sister in even more trouble than she already is, which could be even more devastating later on, because when Ian does turn out to be alive, Spencer's going to look like a liar even more, which I guess will discredit her with everything else that she's been saying about Ian. So maybe that's the big plan. I just kind of talked that out. There we go. I talked it out. That's their big plan. Kind of do this little cat-mouse game for a little bit so that when Ian returns, uh, when they figured out their cover story, anything Spencer has to say from that point on will be considered inadmissible. No one will believe her. So <sighs> so who do I think A is at this point? Well, I know my first season of this uh, show was trying to guess who A is, and I got to be honest with you, I don't think it's actually possible. Which is a weird thing to say. But um, I can tell you that I do think Allison is the person in the... At least the person in this version of the gloves and hoodie and all that stuff. Who A is has been previously. We'll, we'll, we'll hold off on that temporarily. But I think that's Allison for some reason. Uh, we'll see if I'm right. I think that's our next big reveal. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. So to quickly recap... Melissa is lying to her sister's face. Ian's totally alive, but not in the way everyone thinks he is. He's going to come up with some excuse to discredit Spencer later on for anything she has to say. Hopefully they made a copy of the, that flash drive. 
Mr. Mendez, my God, I don't even know what to say about him. And Allison is the person in gloves and hat. And I guess we'll finally find out what's going on with Noel Mona in this A group at some point. Very finally, we can clear Caleb and Lucas from all of this nonsense, at least this whole event. And yeah, that's all we have to say about that. I've been Chris McGowan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Magoogs, M-A-G-O-O-G-S. Occasionally twitching on Twitch, Mac to the Gow. I'll be back next week. More stuff this season. It's going to be fun. And I've said enough, right? Thank you.